What's up, ladies and gentlemen? What's up? What's up? Is, is that an Aussie thing to say, what's up? A little bit? All right. Good. I feel like home. How you going? That that actually went through off all the time because we were like, hey, how you doing? You guys like, how you going? I was like, um, I don't even know how to answer it. How are you supposed to answer it? Good? <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that? Hey, uh, man, I'm stoked to be here. I got my boy Scotty. I got John Luke. Love those guys. And Pastor Josh. I actually didn't know Pastor. I met him a while back last year. And um, we also got Jackson. Now, Jackson, this dude, he's like an undercover secret agent. Like, can do it. he could do splits. What else can you do? A backflip. Doing splits, saying backflip landing in the splits is actually really impressive. Um, <laughs> hey, we, hey, at the, at the end of the night, we'll, at the end of the night, we'll, we'll get them to, um, hey, man, I, I am excited to be here with you guys, and, uh, you know, sometimes when I get new settings, I just feel a little rowdy. Do you guys feel a little rowdy tonight, like, like, borderline a little dangerous? So here's what I give you permission, all right? If, if your friend next to you is, like, distracting you, you can, like, slug them one, like, not, like, knock them out status, like, I, did you sign waivers on that, that they're good if, no, okay, we didn't, we didn't do that, but, uh. Um, hey, I, I want us to have a little bit of time. So here's for me, guys. When I, when I do these use settings, this is not like something I have to do. This is not something like th- this is my life. Like I, I love these moments right here. I love moments like this that maybe some people are, are on a journey like wondering like, is this God thing even real? Like, I want you to know, if that might be tonight, God's not scared of doubts. He's not scared of questions. He's not scared of your wondering. But, like, you're in the right place at the right time. And I'm, telling, I'm not even going to afford anything on you. But even tonight, I just want to say there's something that God's going to be drawing you in. Wherever you're at on the journey. That's, to me, the craziest thing about God. I feel like I've seen so much of him. I've encountered so much. And over the last even couple weeks, I've had some of the most powerful encounters in my life that just made me fall in love with God all the more. So I want to share, I usually do this, share a little bit of story, but I almost, like the Lord said, hey, I want you to share a little bit of your story so I can talk a little loud. So, but I'll keep you awake, am I? This not weather outside? Come on now. I dig it. Um, so, hey, so a little bit of my, my background I grew up in kind of a Christian church, or a Christian home. My parents went to church really every once in a while, um, so we would say that we were Christians, but there was nothing Christian going on. I didn't believe in God. My dad was one of the stories where he was kind of just really rough life growing up, but one day he found success. He got successful in a business and became literally like a multimillionaire, so made crazy money, but at the same time, he didn't really know God. He had a relationship but he did something, he found a thing called cocaine. So my dad, at 34 years old, became an addict. And for the next 30 years of his life, he had addiction of, of crack and meth and different things like that. So we were a Christian home, but it was broken. My parents got divorced, split, remarried. It looked like we had stuff, but it was actually, there was so much pain in my life. And I, I really didn't want anything to do with God. Because view of God with all this idea of you can do this and you can't do that. And there was a lot of things I wanted to do. And I just had almost what I would say, whatever I saw look good, I did it. So I pursued a drug. I just, I just went on that road and, and found myself in a really weird place. Because once I actually arrived at my dream, all right, we all might have a dream as a young kid. My dream was to play actually professional fall, the, the NFL. All right, that was my dream as a young kid. So my dream to get actually to play college football. So I made it to college football. I was playing college football, had my dream, I had the car, I had the girl. Like, I had everything that I actually dreamed of. But one thing I swore I would do was white drugs because that's what destroyed my family. 
But I found myself in that place, opening myself up to that and doing the very thing that I hate and I swore that I would never do. And I found myself in my dream, empty, and I literally said this, I don't care if I'm living, I don't care if I'm breathing. I wasn't necessarily suicidal, but I just didn't care about life. And around that time, I met my wife, which was my girl. All right, so now her version of her story is complete opposite, but completely the same. Now, let me explain. She grew up in poverty. Now, I know some people say, oh, we have money. But her family would go camping for four months out of the year. And as a kid, it's really cool. Many people like camping as a little kid. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. But for them, they actually would camp because they actually were homeless. <laughs> like, they would camp. They would have houses with nothing water, like, instead with thousands of roses. And so my, my wife, all of a sudden, she just, she was also, not even that, she was abused multiple times by different men. So there's so much brokenness in her. So then she gets to school, and someone called her a piece called trailer trash. Because she lived in a trailer park. And for her, she always was abandoned. She thought about that for a moment and said, I'm just trash. What is trash? Something that's meant to be thrown. Like, it, it has no value. And at that moment, she said, I have to change my identity. You know, if that's what identify me as, as trailer trash, I need to change how I look. So what happened, she tried to become the popular girl. She became the athlete. She lied where she lived. She'd have to drop her off a couple, like a K away from her house so no one even knew where she lived. And all of a sudden, at 14 years old, the guy that moved home, her mom and dad started using meth. So because of that, she's homeless. So at 14 years old, this girl's homeless, and I meet her at 18 years old. And what happened, she pursued popularity. She found it, but did the same thing. It stabbed her right in the back, and she was empty and broke from it. So I meet this girl, kind of the opposite side, where we had money. She didn't have money, but the same problems with her. She was an atheist. She they had no belief in God. She was a hippie. But for her, her reason isn't being an atheist. How can a good God allow the things that he allowed in my life? Being abused, different things. Like, and for me, I didn't care. I just was living life for the party. I didn't go to religion. And I didn't do all that stuff. All right? So, so that's the, the beginning part of stories. And I'm going to share a little bit of the transformation. Because my wife and I, we both came from some of the worst home environments. And I don't know what your home environment is is like. But let me just tell you this. I've encountered God and share a little bit about that journey tonight. But let me tell you on this side. My wife and I, we actually have kids right now. Ten and eight, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. I want you to know the safest place in the world is my house. The safest place for my wife to go to, the safest place for me to go to, the greatest joy that I have is in my home. And completely opposite, 100% opposite of what her and I grew up. She, she was homeless. She ran home. And God, he came in. I want you to know, I thought God, all these things of fools. But he said, no, Andrew, I have something better for you. You see, when it comes to faith, I play around with it. I wasn't raised in church, so I didn't know like church protocol. My wife, she was raised in church. But when you encounter God, your life will look different. Like talking about a genuine, real encounter. And tonight, I want to talk to you about this idea of awakening worship within. You encounter God, there's something that's going to come alive, and worship will overflow in the response. You see, just because you're worshiping doesn't, or just because you're in a worship service, doesn't actually mean you're actually worshiping God. You know, just because you might raise and jump around doesn't necessarily mean you're worshiping God. Like, what is Worship. I would say it's kind of like this. Just because you go to school doesn't mean you're in an education, right? <laughs> I actually got dumber in college, like for real. 
I was the brightest kid, but in college, I got dumb. <laughs> like, like, just because someone has a lot of followers on school doesn't mean you actually have friends. Like, 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 just because you might be a fan of a team, it doesn't mean you're actually going to have an outcome of a game. You see, sometimes I've seen people are in these environments, and they might be working in the environment, but if your life doesn't look different, if there's not an awakening on the inside, I want to just ask you, who are you worshiping? Like, 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 what are you doing? You see, tonight, I really believe there's going to be an invitation for actually a pretty cool encounter. It can change your life forever. Like, I really do believe that for you guys tonight. And t- I want to take a moment, just teach out of the Word of God. See, here's another thing. I was like, I'll share, I'll share this a little bit, but the Bible is actually one of the most valuable things in my life. Actually, I would say it is the one of the most valuable things that I have on this earth. See, one of my dreams is actually for kids is actually to give kids a, one a Bible that I've spent years and years and years in. That when I'm gone, they're going to say one thing. When I see my dad, and I see this right here. They gave his life to this. Because it's actually kind of funny. Because I hated reading. Anybody in that glory? <laughs> I hated reading. Oh, uh, really? That's where we go. I, I, just, I hated it. I really did. Because people used to always say, have you ever heard this phrase? It's not about religion, about relationship. Have you ever heard that before? I used to hear that all the time. Oh, man. But for me, they would say, I would ask, so it's about religion. It's about relationship. Well, have a relationship with God that's a million miles away. They would tell me to read my Bible. I was like, I hate it. So it's going to make it simple because I'm not going to relationship. You know, it, like, how do you have a relationship with, does this Bible speak? And when I, I, you know, it's like, how do you have a relationship with that? But anyway, let, me, let me get off track. So Genesis 28, this is a guy named Jacob. And Jacob, I don't know if you've heard of a guy named Abraham. He's kind of the father of their faith. God spoke to them and said, I want you to go to a land. And out of descendants, out of your offspring, I will bless the nations. I will bless the world. And out of that came Jesus. Like, and there's a guy named Abraham, had a son named Isaac. And Isaac had a son named Jacob. Now, Jacob was a little rebellious, all right? Anybody relate with that? <laughs> like, he was just a little bit like, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Like, he deceived his dad. He deceived his brother, like, on some pretty big levels. He actually took brother's inheritance. Like, he got two-thirds of the inheritance. So it's going to be, if you're brothers, you this portion, you get this portion. He just stole your portion. Are you going to be mad at your brother? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be mad, all right? So he, he stole it. Then... He actually tricked his dad into getting a blessing, a special blessing. Guys, what he did with John Luke tonight, there was power on that. That was not protocol. That was not, oh, something that we have to do. I want you to know there's power in that past voice. There's power in the authority that God has given him over John. And what we released, from, I say, so be it. I don't hope something's going to happen. We and we released it to his life. There's power in that moment when the father would speak of the power was released. So Jacob deceives his dad, deceives his brother, and now what is he doing? He's running. Like his one, his brother legitimately wants to kill him. All right, his brother was actually like a the hunter dude. He he was like straight bogan. You know what I'm saying? War fennel every day, you know. <laughs> like, um, Jacob is a little bit more like the mama's boy. Any mama's boys in here? I'm a straight up mama's boy. Come on now. <laughs> like, like, he liked, he liked bacon, you know. He didn't like hunting. And uh, so Jacob, his brother, wants to kill. So he's actually running. And not only is he doing that, he's going to a place to find a girl. 
Um, his dad said, I want to go to a different land. But it was actually about a 500K journey, right? So that's a pretty long way to find a girl. And uh, he was desperate, you know. Uh, so Genesis 28, verse 10 is where we're going to pick up. So this guy named Jacob left Beersheba and went to a place toward Haran. And he came to a certain place. I love this part of the scripture. Because he came to a certain random place. But that certain random place where God says, I am there to meet with you, encounter you, Jacob. Like tonight could be your certain place. Tonight could be your random moment in time where God said, I've been waiting for this moment for you. You see, when we moved to Florida, I moved with my girlfriend at the time. In a week there, she got saved. And you know what I said? I cannot stand that, and I do not like you right now. Because for me, that meant we can't, and we can't do that. So how does an atheist girl, anti-God, get saved? Here's how she did. She was riding in a car with a woman. And this woman, she knew there was something different about her. She knew that she knew God in a different way, and she didn't even really believe in God. But there's like a Christian. She's like, there's something real about this woman. And this woman pulls over the car, and she says, I have a word from the Lord from you. She said, excuse me? And this, she said, can I share it? And if you want. And this woman began to speak to my wife. And she began to tell her things that no one knew about except Ashley, one other person. She was named Thomas. She was named Days. She was named Places. She said, all of your life you've wished to be a daddy's girl. And that's my lust. I surrender my parents' fighting. I surrendered everything. And here's the crazy thing. That night, I had a dream. And in my dream... I was doing everything that I just surrendered to God. I was doing drugs. I was like just all kinds of bad stuff. And all of a sudden, I found myself in a prison cell with every one of my best friends. And in this prison cell, I yelled to God and said, God, what do I do? And in my dream, I heard the audible voice of God. He said this. He said, Andrew, go read Proverbs. And I woke up that morning. And guess what I did? I read Proverbs, which is actually kind of funny to me. Like, I heard the audible voice of God. And here's, I believe that I did, he did that. Because I would always have an issue, that religion and relationship. How do you have a relationship with a God that doesn't speak? So he spoke to me, but where did he lead me to? The Word of God. <laughs> he led me to the Word of God, and this is what I got. Turn your way from the wicked or you're going to fall down in the trap. And I called every one of my best friends, every one of my boys that I live life with, that I played college football with, and I said, I love you, bro, but I found something better. Have you guys ever seen the movie Wolverine? He's out of the water, and he's like, like, like that. Guys, that's how I felt. <laughs> like for real, when I encountered, the scripture says you become a new creation in Christ. Guys, that is what happened to me. Like there was something alive on the inside. I began to see life differently. Actually, it was like I was tripping out. I didn't know, like I never really viewed life like this. And then all of a sudden I saw life through the eyes of a creator in me, the creation. Like I was having these trippy moments like looking at my fingers going, how am I doing that? Like, what is going on right now? Because, I mean, my whole life we just do that stuff. We don't think about it. But all of a sudden there's a God that made our mind, that made our brain, that made our nervous system, that made our muscles to make our hands move. And all of a sudden I begin to feel my heart beat. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I ain't doing that. This is a day. How many times do you actually think about doing that? 
Like zero, but it, it, there's something, there's a God that designed, and I saw the sun, and it like kissing me, and it's warmth. I'm like, God, you made that, you designed that. Like, so guys, for me, my encounter, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I go to church. It was just more of like, holy cow, creator God made me, knows me, spoke to me. That was 15 years ago, and I'm crazier now than I was then. Like, I've encountered more. Tonight might be your certain place. Tonight might be your moment like it was, like it was for me in that church. Guys, if there's not something alive on the inside, I want to tell you, you probably know about God. You probably heard stories about him, but you don't know my God. Because if you knew him, there's something's going to come alive. And I could go through story after story after story after story after story of that same situation. So he came to that certain place. And he stayed there for the, for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones to lay it down, a good comfy pillow, a stone. And he put it under his head and laid down and he took a sleep. And he drank ladder set up on earth in the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Picture this, angels ascending and descending. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord your God. He said, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. He could not say at this point, that he was the God of Jacob. See, later on, they introduce him as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But he says, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm, he might be the God of your youth, Pastor, but I want to ask you, is he your God tonight? Like, is he yours? Or, again, are you in that environment, the land on which you lie. So here's what he has to say. I will give to you and your offspring. You shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad from the west to the east to the north and to the south. And in your offspring shall be all flame families on earth be blessed. Guys, you and I are blessed because of this statement right here. Like, I don't care what you're going through. You are blessed, and God has blessing in store for you. And he goes on to say, and I will bring you back to this land. He gives them a promise. And I will not leave you no matter what you do. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is surely none other the house of God. Like, I want you to image this journey that Jacob's on. He's going, afraid for his life because of his brother, like going to find a girl, and he gets a rock, he lays down, and he puts his head down in that certain place. All of a sudden, he has a dream, and he's seeing angels ascending and descending. So for me, early on in my faith, all right, I, I, just, I, just, I wasn't raised on Bible stories. I didn't know Bible stories, and... Uh, I had a friend that was, he also was newer in his faith, maybe two years in, but this dude was radical. Like, he was just crazy in his faith. And all of a sudden, this guy, he was like one of my boys, like, one of, like, love this dude. He couldn't do the splits and a backflip, but he was still pretty cool. Like, not Jackson status. But, um, so, this dude, one day I go over to his house, and he's telling me this story. This dude prayed to see hell. 
So he prays this prayer to see hell. And here's why. He was a college basketball player. He said, Andrew, I just don't like people. Which, again, everybody gets mad when they play basketball. You know? <laughs> like He's like, I don't like people. I don't care about people. I don't have any compassion for people. So this dude begins to tell me the encounter that he has, that God showed him hell. And I don't know what all portions, I don't know how much God showed, but this dude is looking at me, telling me what he saw with tears in his eyes, crying, saying, I would not want that on my worst enemy. So I'm sitting there hearing that, and he says this phrase, be careful what you pray for. So for me, I'm in a passage of scripture at the time that I didn't understand. There's a scripture that said the weapons that we wage wars against is not it's principalities, powers, darkness, and evil forces. It's not against flesh and blood. What does that mean? Like, I, I, I just didn't get it. So for me, I was just trying to register in my mind. Like, if I get in a fight with this dude or I'm driving and this guy cuts me off and gives me the middle finger, like, is that, like, he's mad or is that, like, I just didn't get it, you know? Like, I, when I get in a fight with this guy, like, is this, what, what is it? It's not flesh and blood. So I prayed a prayer. I said, Lord, I want to see spiritual warfare. I want to see demons. Like, I want to understand what I'm fighting against and what I'm going against. And let me just tell you on that prayer, my wife hated me for the next two years because of what we saw. Guys, I've, I've seen people demon-possessed. Guys, I prayed that prayer, and then literally two nights later, we saw a demon in our house. All right? I'm not trying to scare you or anything. I, I want you to track with me in this story. Then two weeks later, I'm in a restaurant, and in comes a woman that she comes up to the, the desk to the wait to be seated, and she goes, drink. She literally says it like that, and they're like, okay, and they go and get her drink. She drinks the cup, smashes it on the ground, yells a word that I can't say right now at these people. Then she looks at me, and my wife goes, you, I see what's in you. And she just starts to say these things that I'm telling, like, she don't know me from nothing. And all of a sudden, this woman starts yelling, cursing, and walks out. And my dad was there. He didn't even see all the commotion. He goes outside. This woman's gone. There, there's, for about the next six months, there was probably like seven or eight. And I remember calling my pastor saying, Pastor, what's going on? I told him what I prayed for. He said, one, you're an idiot. <laughs> but, but two, he said, the enemy will always try to bring fear into your life. Now, let me just tell you something, all right? The, a third of the angels fell, all right? There's two-thirds of the angelic host for the Lord, all right? So I'm, I'm, not I'm not trying to say, oh, there's a demon behind every corner, but I'm here to tell you, guys, this thing about faith, it is realer than life itself to me. Like, the scripture talks about that we don't set our eyes on the things seen, but the things unseen. Guys, for me, Guys, my faith means everything. I will lay my life down for my faith in one moment because I believe it with every ounce of my being. So about five years later, I remember praying a prayer because I was in a hard spot. And I said, Lord, I know what's fighting against me. Will you show me what's fighting for me? And I told my wife, I said, baby, I prayed a prayer you're not going to like. She goes, what do you do? And I said, I, I prayed to have an angelic encounter. And here's the thing. Here's what I knew what I prayed for. Because everyone that's seen an angel, do you know what happens? They're afraid. They can't move. There's fear. Like I knew what I prayed, but I'm just telling you, I needed that thing. In my, I needed that extra level of faith to do what God was calling me to do. And that night I saw an angel. 
My wife and I saw an angel in our house. And this thing, I'll just tell you what we saw. It, it was literally the size of a, like my size up in the tree up there. It was made in blue and white lightning. And everywhere it would look, it was like putting a covering and a shield over a house. So here's for my wife. See, she actually tried to wake me up three times that night, but I was exhausted. When you got kids, man, you're tired. She, I remember she leaned over. She goes, Andrew, I see a lightning man. And I'm like, a lightning what? And I fell back asleep. Then I woke up again. She goes, and I'm what she said, a lightning man? I said, a lightning man? There was actually like lightning in the room. Like a, I thought it was a pretty intense thunderstorm. And I go, a lightning man? And she goes, um, I go, I go, ask her, I go, is it bad? She's like, I said, is it good? Or no, I go, is it bad? She's like, no. I go, is it good? She's like, I think so. And I fell back asleep. So then she woke me up one more time. She said, Andrew, this is going on, and I'm getting up, and I want you to know, and I fell back asleep. I like, swear to you not. I was like that exhausted. So the next morning, I wake up like 7 a.m. I go, Ash, what happened last night? She goes, don't talk to me. <laughs> So for five hours, she got up in the living room. Whether her eyes are open or closed, she saw this being, this angelic host. And she said, here's the thing. She said, he knew that I was aware of him. Like she, He knew whether, whether her eyes were closed or not. So now, let me just tell you, okay, that night I called one of my pastors and said, hey, something pretty crazy happened. And he goes, Andrew, you have to look at the context of what you prayed. You prayed, Lord, show me what's covering my home and what's covering my family. The reason I share that, guys, is what we saw in the demonic, there is like the power, the authority. There was no comparison, all right? So Jacob has this dream where he sees angels. It was a vision. This was real life. This was real status. I read this story. I see. I feel. I know what he's talking about. So Genesis 28, he has this dream where the angels are sending and descending, and hears the voice of God, and all of a sudden, Jacob wakes up and wakes up and goes, oh, that was cool. Oh, yeah, so I was going, I was going to see my, going to get a wife, right? Let me pack my stuff up. Let me go. All right. <laughs> Not quite what happened. See, Jacob has this encounter. He hears the voice of God. And here's what I believe. If Jacob was sleeping and he was in a group setting like this, it would have been like this. Like, oh, my gosh. I just saw God. Like, I just saw a, Like, how awesome is this place? Like, God is here. Like, there would have been something alive on the side of this dude. I hope I woke a couple dudes up. <laughs> like, like, are you tracking with me? It wasn't just like, oh, that's cool. Let me just keep on going with life, and God's not that really relevant to me. No, he has this moment. He has this encounter where all of a sudden something comes alive, and it awakens something on the inside of him. I just believe tonight something's going to get awakened on the inside of you. So there's a couple things that I want to look at. Then we're going to kind of do, all right? That's the fun stuff for me. So there's this moment that Jacob, it says he was reaching for a certain place. He reached a certain place. So here's what I want you to see. Jacob, he was reaching for a wife. Jacob was reaching to get away from his past. But all along, we had a God that was reaching for him. What are you reaching for in your life right now? Are you reaching for that girl? 
Are you reaching for that guy? Like, are, are, you, are you reaching for popularity? Are you reaching for that addiction? Like, like what are you reaching for? Because all along, there's a God that is reaching for you. Guys, the craziest thing for me, when I encountered God, like all my life, I rejected God. And I was not even God conscious the entire time there was a God that was Andrew conscious. There was a God that was pursuing me, that was reaching for me, that was coming after me. Guys, one of my friends wrote a song called Reckless Love. Have you guys ever heard of it? It, it was actually the number one song in the world, right, on Spotify. You guys ever heard of Spotify? It was the number one song in the U.S. It was the number one secular song, the number one Christian song, and the number one secular and Christian song in the entire world. So Spotify, the president of Spotify calls my friend and said, this has never happened before. A number one on four different parts. Guys, what was that? What was that song? Guys, this is it's actually a story of the prodigal son out of Luke chapter 15. The son that took the inheritance from the dad, left it, spent it on drugs and booze and all that stuff. But he comes back, and there was a father that came. It was a story of the prodigal son. God says, I have a message that I want to get to the world. I have a message that I want to speak to every single person that I am reaching for you, that my reckless love is coming out. I don't like the word reckless. God's not reckless. I want you to know what he did is pretty reckless. He gave so much love to me when I rejected him, and he gave it to me. He gives us an inheritance when we don't deserve it. It's pretty reckless if you think about it <laughs> but it was the message that he wanted to give out guys he is searching for you the scripture says it's pretty crazy john chapter 4 that he is seeking for those who will worship him in spirit and truth god is looking for you like a god that has everything is actually searching for you, for me you see my story is one of grace. Guys, I actually made every single religious person very mad. Because when I got saved and I surrendered my life to Jesus, he poured out so much blessing and favor in my life in a moment. And I had people said, God, he was in the bars. God, but I've been here. What about me? Why are you blessing him? Guys, let me just tell you, it's not about you and I. It's about a man who knew no sin that became sin for you and I. God is not scared of your sin. Like God, he isn't scared of it. He took it all on. I know some people are like, oh, I, I've messed up too much. No, he actually took that very thing and said, it's on me. He's not scared of it. He's saying, will you invite me into it so I can heal it and redeem it and transform it so you don't have to grow up the way that you have. Like your story doesn't have to be the same for your kid. It can be different. There's a different story that he wants to write you. See, one of my best friends, I, this, oh, I love this story. So this dude, he grew up in church, kind of different than me, but he rebelled. He's like anti-God. I don't want any of this stuff. So he started party, partying, started doing drugs, started doing cocaine, and the pastor, they would send the pastor over to his house. He had drugs on the table and didn't care, all right? So then they would send the elders of the, of the church to his house. They would pray for him. They would send him prayer letters, prayer things they would send in the mail, and it was irrelevant. It didn't do anything for him. So this dude, he said, Andrew, do you know how I gave my life to the Lord? Do you know how my life was transformed? He said this. He said, every time I would snort a line of cocaine, I would hear the voice of God say, Paxton, I still love you. 
And you go to snort another line of cocaine. And you hear the voice, I still love. He was reaching for all these things, but there was a God all the more reaching for him. I want you to know you're not going to escape his love. You're not going to escape his calling. It's going to keep coming, and it's going to keep coming. It's going to keep coming. It's not going to stop because there's a good God that has good things in store for you. See, he was reaching. He was reaching for something, but there was a God that was reaching for him. And then we see this moment where actually God, the scripture says, he stood above him. And when I image this, I kind of image it like this, like, I kind of like Darth Vader. Like, I am the Lord your God. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to do Darth Vader. Is that, that was probably pretty off. But <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> like, like, I kind of image that moment. But, guys, as I actually, I actually begin to study this, it's actually a poor description of what it looked like. I see this moment of God stood above. He's in heaven speaking down here. But actually that word means he's as near as a whisper. Like he is as close to Jacob as you can be. He's as near as a whisper to him. The scripture says out of Psalms that we have a God hand, that he is not far off. Guys, literally for you, actually Jesus came to say the kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? It is closer than you think. Like you might feel like you're so far away from God, but God's saying, no, I'm at a whisper. Like I'm right here. I'm at a whisper. (laughs) he's right there and here's the thing you would think Jacob messing up his family like screwing over his brother like this would be a time for God to say bro I saw what you did (laughs) like I saw the things I want to bless you Oh, I want to bless your grandpa. Oh, I was going to bless your dad. I want to bless you that I have blessing in store for you. I want you to know God has blessing and good things to speak over you. Do you know that some of you, you can't help how you were raised? That was a good one. <laughs> See, your mom didn't teach you manners, bro. You can't help that. <laughs> like, like someone ripped one. <laughs> That's a good one. Like, like you can't help how some of the things that have came against you. And do you know that God actually understands that? Like he sees those things and he's not speaking into what you've been. He's actually speaking into who you're called to be. Like he's speaking those things into you and into your life. He has good things to say. All right, so now let me just finish this. Jacob wakes up. How awesome is this place? And this is what he does. He takes this stone and he pours oil on it. And now this stone that he slept on is a pillar. It's an altar. It's a place of worship to God. The place that he was was a place called Luz, and God transformed it to name it Bethel, which means the house of God. Jacob's name goes from Jacob to Israel. His name changes, like you see formation. And here's what Jacob says, God, if you will be my God, if you will do the things that you said that you will do, here's what I'll say, I will have you as my God. And he says, I will give you a tenth of every single thing that you give me. Guys, no one had to tell Jacob, don't do drugs. Jacob, be a, 
quit hitting your friend and don't fart during service. Like, like no, no one had to do, like no one had to tell these things to Jacob. Like no one had to say these things to him. But when he truly, I'm almost done. When he truly encountered God, he said, God, I surrender my life to you in whatever I have. With my time, with my talents, with my possessions, I give it all back to you. Do you want to know my story? It is that. Guys, it was my joy to give everything back to God. It was my joy to say, I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't want to be a pastor because I didn't like reading. I wasn't a good reader. I wasn't the most educated kind of thing. And I knew if you did that, you had to do that. But in his goodness, he said, Andrew, I've called you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I surrender everything. You remember my response was, I trust you, God, that you will be with me and you will go before me. If you could just close your eyes in this place tonight, and this is a moment that if you could just not distract the person next to you. I just want to take a second and just wait on the Lord. I want to take a second, even in the stillness and the quiet, for you to let the Holy Spirit do a work inside of your heart right now. Some of you, you've been running from Him for a long time. Not really caring, not wanting anything to do. Some of it might be from hurt. Some it might be from pain. For others, it might be just running to pleasure and what you want to do. But God's not a part of the equation. Let's feel this. Deep down, you're tired. Deep down, there's this feeling of just being lost. Deep down, you're really afraid. Maybe nobody has seen you cry, but you know the tears that you shed and the brokenness. And tonight, there is a God that's pursuing you. Tonight, there's a God that wants to touch you and transform you. More than anything, He just wants to be with you. Let's hear this phrase. He says, I will never leave you you. Guys, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. That's why it says, let me help you. But the scripture says, you cannot come to the Father without the drawing of the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit coming and stirring on the And right now, he's touching some of your hearts. And right now, he's touching some of you guys in this place. What's going on? 
There's some things that have happened to you that aren't fair. There's some things that happened to you that aren't right. But there's a God that says, I want to come and come in to that storm on the inside and heal that very wound. So tonight, and you might have raised your hand one time at a service. You might have raised your hand because it was just a thing to do or you didn't want to go to hell. But when you really dig down deep, he's the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. And right now he says, I want to be your God. Will you surrender your life? I want to be your God. So with all eyes closed in this moment, if that's you tonight, the certain place moment, you're saying, God, I give you my life. I just want you to raise your hand right now if that's you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Awesome. Is anybody else? Thank you, I see your hand. Right now, some of you are just sitting there saying, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm feeling. Because that's the Lord saying, I'm stirring up on the inside. I'm touching you right now. Who is that? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. You can put your hands down. I want to pray for you. Then I just have a couple of things I want to do tonight. So, Lord Jesus... Lord, I thank you for your stirring. Lord, I thank you that you're a God that's always pursuing us. That you're a God that actually laid down everything for us before we lay anything down for you. Lord, we just declare that we need you. That we need you. That we've fallen, save us. It's called salvation for a reason because he wants to come and save you and redeem you. So, Lord, I ask that you right now come and fill your spirit on your sons and daughters. Lord, that you fill them to overflowing. Lord, that they can have wisdom and revelation, that they could see you differently, that they could see themselves differently. Lord, that there's a fresh encounter that they have, that they could feel your love and feel your warmth and you fill them with joy right now, Lord, that they lack nothing in Jesus' name. They lack nothing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I have just a, another group, and I just feel like God wants me to do this a little bit differently. Usually this is a moment where I have people come forward, and I just feel like there's something different that he's doing. This idea that Jacob said, Lord, I think that you give me. What did he say? With my time, with my talents, with my calling. That if you're here in this place right now, you're saying, God, I want to surrender this to you. I want my story and I want my life 
to look different. This might mean that you, you've already said a prayer before, that you're a Christian, but you, you've just been kind of putting God on the back burner. He's just not that relevant in your life right now. And tonight, you want to make a difference. You want to make a stand saying, God, I just see that you're real. I see a different level of you, and I surrender once again. This might be a once again surrender tonight. If that's you saying, God, I surrender. I'll give you this tent. I'll give you my life. I'll sign up to you again. I just want you to raise your hand if that's you right now. Awesome. 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 Even I just feel there's a couple of you that have just questioned, Lord, uh, or just about church and being called to do church. There's just something that you've wrestled with and you just know it's something from Him. I, just, I want you to know that doesn't mean you have to be a pastor. That doesn't mean you, you have to be a full-time pastor. But it's something that God's stirring in you that he's actually calling you to the body of Christ. He's calling you to the church. It might be to preach the gospel. It might be to worship lead. But that's an area saying, God, I surrender that to you. I give that to you. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand too. Awesome. Awesome. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, Lord, right now, Lord, I ask for your Holy Spirit to come, your helper, your Holy Spirit to come and help these young men and women surrender all to you. Maybe you've tried it before, but I want you to know you've done it on your own. That there's a, the Holy Spirit is leaning in. There's a grace for you to surrender. So, Father, I thank you for that grace. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your filling of the Holy Spirit right now. Lord, I just speak a consecration over your sons and daughters and the ones that you've called to preach the gospel, the ones that you've called to build the church. Lord, I just speak a fire to rise up in their bones, a covering over them. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Ah, amen. Amen. Dude, that's awesome. Proud of you guys. Proud of what's going on. And your willingness and your openness. I'm telling you, this is the greatest day of your life. I don't say that in hope. I don't say that because that's what a pastor is supposed to say. I say that because when a God comes in encounter, it's the greatest day of your life. So this is, I, I, I do want to pray for a couple people. And this is, uh, it's kind of messing me up as I was sharing these last few moments. And I was just reminded of a situation. Because here's what I've learned for me. Especially when you're in this environment, there's a want to, to give yourself to God, reality side that says, I don't think I can do it. I, I remember being in that place, like, I don't think I could give up some of the friends. I don't think I could give some of the life choices that I'm making. So this challenge to surrender was very hard. I really just want you to know, throughout this weekend, there's a new era. <laughs> there's going to be a new grace. There's going to be a new way that I just believe God, He's gentle, He's patient with you. He's just going to keep being there and keep being there. But about, uh, I'd say two months ago, my daughter Paisley, she's eight years old, and she came out one night, and it was pretty late, and she said, Hey, Daddy, I want you to know I heard the enemy speak and tell me that I'm ugly. And she goes, Daddy, I know it was a lie. And I just want you to know I don't believe that. But, Daddy, I just wanted you to know that. Guys, in that moment, man, I just started kind of breaking down. Because that's my little girl. Like, that's my Paisley. 
And my Paisley has a little bit of some learning challenges. And my Paisley hasn't had the, the easiest way compared to maybe her sister or different things like that. But she's like my mini-me. She looks like me. She acts like me. Like, it's my little girl. And also, I just got down on one knee and just with tears in my eyes, I just began to pray over my daughter and speak life over my little girl. But guys, as I got up and as my daughter laid down, all of a sudden, my heart began to break and I actually really began to cry because how many seven-year-old girls don't know that that's the enemy? How many guys don't know that that's the enemy actually speaking those things? Guys, here's what I do know about the enemy. He's vicious. He goes after you as a kid. Like he went after my wife as a kid. He doesn't play fair. If you could just close your eyes again, and this is a space that I want to kind of keep private for you guys. If there's a lie that the enemy spoke to you, I feel like right now God wants to break that off. Like it might be a lie that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, that you're, gonna, that you're not pretty enough. Right now, the Holy Spirit is here. Let Him speak to you. What lie is it? Or it might not even be a lie. It might be something He's done to you. That has hurt you deeply. You see this, for some of you, that pain has caused depression. It's caused self-hatred. It's caused insecurity. That you can put on a front sometimes, but this wave of emotion hits you. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand in here. If the enemy's spoken a lie, and you want it done, and you want it gone. Awesome. What I want to do, I want some of our leaders just to go around. Is it all right if we do this? And if you guys are okay with that, we'd love to pray for you, Okay. Guys, there's lies that the enemy's spoken to me. And if we could, maybe, I don't know if we could, maybe just the rest of us worship a little bit. Is that cool? Can you sing a song for us? You could rap too. You could do all kinds of stuff. It's pretty amazing. Um, but I just want to pray for some people. I believe God wants to set some people free. And also, if you prayed that prayer, that salvation prayer, I'd love to pray for you too, some of our teams and leaders. So if you could just keep your hand kind of raised high if that was you. And we would love just to come around. Guys, this is, hey, let, me, let me just say this. If you could look at me, all right? I didn't plan on doing this. I heard the voice of God stir this up. So what does that mean? I know anybody that does raise their hand or are honest in this moment, freedom will come into your life. I don't wonder. I don't hope. I know, all right? God's going to break that lie off, and he's going to speak truth into your life. So if that's you and you feel that stirring, you want that thing to be gone out of your life, just keep your hand up, and we're just going to come around and pray for a minute, okay? Awesome.